This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient, or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website, and because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. We're so excited having a very hidden spaz attack because we're so calm and professional and cool, but we want to introduce you to Trevor, our newest member of the We're Not Fine pod family. So happy to be here. Thank you, guys. He's kind of the best. (laughs) So this is what I'll say. You know, change is hard. And so, you know, we weren't quite sure with a change, obviously, in our production team, how this would go. But we honestly just met today. And I already have a nickname because he walked in the room, everybody, and he was like, I smelled patchouli. And I'm like, I love, (laughs) I love patchouli. And I'm like, is that you? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. That is me. Mm-hmm. So I have called him Patch for the last hour or so, which he has given me permission to do. So yep. Patch, welcome to the team. I'm so excited to have you. So excited. And I've been a big fan of the show for a long time. So this is really incredible. Like Thank how you. long? Like 10 minutes, 20? You know, a, a is, it a, is it a leap <laughs> year? I don't remember. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, you guys have such a great chemistry and I'm so happy to be aboard. Oh my god. That's nice feedback. Thank you. Go on. Um, so I was really excited to tell you guys what I did last night because it was really fun and so sweet. So my beloved nanny, Julie, she's not my actual nanny, but like when my boys were really little, we had this beautiful, fabulous nanny, and we call her Nans, Nanny Julie. And her brother, Todd Peterson, is the lead in The Prom at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. That's incredible. The Prom is amazing. Amazingly. So amazing. And we made it a family affair, and we went. And we also, the, the cutest part though, is that we got to see Nanny Julie's dad, Dwayne, and he is maybe our biggest fan. So shout out to Dwayne Peterson. And this is what he said to me. It was literally the cutest thing ever. I was like misting with emotional tears. He basically was like, Talia, I love your blog. And I listen every week. And then he said, and the last one was a real Cracker Jack. And it, like, made my week. It was the and sweetest your thing kids, ever. Your, your young kids were like, what's Cracker Jack? Right? I had to look it up. Oh. And, oh, no, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just so youthful that, like, I don't understand any of the references you're yeah, making. Yeah, me for. too. I don't understand when people reference the Brady Bunch. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, I don't Talia, know first of all, that's very sweet. Are. And for a second, I thought you said Dwayne Johnson, and I was going to, like, burst out of my seat because, of course, that's The Rock. But you said Dwayne Peterson. So, Dwayne, I just want to thank you. I didn't meet you at the prom. I could sing a few songs from it. Unruly Heart is one of my favorite songs from Broadway. Such an amazingly beautiful song about growing up and being different somehow, having a different kind of love. 
beautiful. It was just so that's beautiful. Really beautiful. I'm so that's very glad sweet. that we went. I am too. I think that's really lovely. And what a nice, nice comment. And you know, Dwayne, the other thing you and I have in common, I probably think this is a blog still too. And I think Instagram is Instacart and I don't, I think they're way yeah. too close. So it's I end so up, cute. I end up doing a, an entry on Instagram and getting a big pork roast or something delivered. To my <laughs> so I, I can't quite get, get it right yet. And I also kind of love that the first <laughs> and only podcast that you've ever listened to is ours. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't, did you say, did you out me as a podcast? I don't um, think anyone heard that. My older daughter will hear that clearly because I've been scolded many times for not being an avid podcast listener, but having one. Thank you, Kayla, for your support. Because we're just that cool. We are that cool. And now we have Patch. And we do. And Patch is going to read us the mailbag so we can iron chef it. And he's going to like throw out the letters and we'll be like, what? And then if their name is Charlotte, we can call them Charlene and Charlatan and Charlemagne. And I got in trouble for that. So I'm having I kind a little... of love it. Don't you, ever You change. love that my, that my friends were like, you need to call people by the name that they're actually writing in with. I'm love, like, do I? I love it. Yes, I do. I love it. Because it's important. So Patch, this is your first go ahead as a mailbagger. Yes, this is my first mailbag experience. How are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling virgin. good. I'm trying to make sense of this mail here. Uh, <laughs> trying to cut out some of these lines, but uh, but keep yeah. the uh, but keep the heart of the letter. I think is the important part, right? I really think that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Are we ready to roll right into some letters? Let's go Get to us. We are okay. re- totally ready. All right. So, so our first letter we've got Dan. Here, Dan. Dan. I can uh, and Dan feels terrible. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Dan. Dan feels terrible. He betrayed and broke the trust of his girlfriend. Yep. Um, she does not know about it. Here's the thing. He, Dan Uh-oh. cheated on his girlfriend with his best friend's younger sister. Okay, oh, Dan. So, yeah. There's a that red flag right there. Sort of an obstacle. While he cheated, this um, this best friend's younger sister got pregnant. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it just keeps stacking up. So he ended up ending the relationship with his current um, partner or girlfriend uh, before news of the pregnancy spread. Right. So he put an end to that, moved on, had this uh, bun in the oven, decided to move on to... Um, this new person, well, lo and behold, oh, no. she ended up having a miscarriage. Oh, okay. So now, of course, he's having a little bit of buyer's remorse. He wished he hadn't cheated. Um, kind of going down a rabbit hole here. Also referencing a lot of um, family situations with cheating. So comes from a family where there was some cheating at home by his father um, does not feel good about that and always swore that he would never be that person. And now mm. he's that person. Um, and in fact, is now single as well because lost, uh, lost the person he had an affair with and then okay. miscarriage, yep. but now doesn't also have the original girlfriend who he really loved. And now is sort of wondering, oh. can he go back? Can he go back? If he's honest, if he says, I cheated, 
this is what happened. I had buyer's remorse immediately. I really loved you. This was a mistake. I did something my father did that I never wanted to do. What can I do now? Now, his question is, does he just let it go, move on, you know, let cards fall where they may? Or is there anything to be said for should he go back and declare his feelings for his original girlfriend and sort of like come to terms and explain to her what happened? I love this question. I'm so glad you wrote in, Dan. I think this is such a like experiment in like being human and making errors mm. and being able to possibly recover. I'll tell you, just as you, Patch, kind of give us this outline of this guy, I'm feeling this genuineness and this authenticity from this guy. Like he is sincerely like, I made a mistake. I made a few mistakes. I wish I could be be different. And one of the things, Dan, that you did so well in this in this mailbag is that you kind of identify maybe some historic learning and precedence in your family of origin. And the truth of the matter is, as crazy as it is, sometimes, sometimes when we get those messages about how to treat another person, how men treat women, how women treat men, how men treat men, women treat women. I mean, there's so many different obvious options there available there, but the reality is we learn, we learn from what we see and it gets embedded in our neurology and our experience. And we oftentimes kind of do those same things, whether we want to repeat our family's mistakes or not. So Dan, really beautiful kind of connection between your past and your present. And I think this is a really great opportunity to be more thoughtful about like, what was that about? Why did I fall into that same pattern? And why did I do this? But at the end of the day, I also want to say I'm so sorry for all of your losses, all of the complications. We learn from our mistakes, hopefully, and hopefully you, you will learn not to cheat or not to, you know, engage in behavior that could be potentially sabotaging to yourself and very hurtful, obviously, for others. But, Dan, I'm going to tell you 100 percent, you have my 100 percent support and vote to go back to your first person and let that person know. I need to come clean with you on something. I'm going to be entirely honest and open and authentic and disclosing and transparent. And I'm also going to let you know that I wish I hadn't done that. And I would like to give this another shot. And I'm wondering if you will give me another try. So, of course, you should ask, because, you know, if you don't ask, you never know. And if you really know that this person was enough for you, the big piece, aside from the fact that you have this history of learning to cheat in your family of origin, the really big question that I would have for you, Dan, is do you know why you did that? Whenever I have couples come in and there's been infidelity, I always say you need to understand why you did it. You need to be sincerely remorseful and you need to never do it again. And those three kind of that tripod of like a fair resolution and, and recovery are kind of my, my basic pieces of getting through this. But if you go back and you say, this is what I think was going on for me, because you do have to think about that. You can't blame your dad for your behavior, really. You can take a look at the association, but you still need to be responsible for you for what you did. I mean, my heart is also like immediately warmed by the authenticity and just owning your own stuff, Dan. And I realize that like in all of the episodes we've done, we usually are talking to the person that has been cheated on. You know what right. I mean? That's right. Like we, yep. we rarely get to talk to the person that is just showing up with such deep remorse and sort of horrified by your own behaviors. Um, and if you think about it, I know that you feel absolutely terrible about how this all played out, but you were really a stand up person when 
things fell apart and the affair partner got pregnant, I feel like you really did what you needed to do to feel like you were owning the consequences of the actions. Um, Although the whole thing really breaks my heart, right? Because you we're going to live an entire life or who knows, but just like sort of living in the consequences of the actions with a lot of self-loathing. And this is an opportunity now to come back to your first girlfriend who it sounds like you actually really loved and have that conversation with her. It could go one of either ways, right? It could either be like, absolutely not. It's like, that's a deal breaker. There's no moving forward from here. And it doesn't sound like you would blame her. But it's also a possible when there's been a trauma in a relationship and a betrayal, it is an opportunity, if done correctly, to upgrade your relationship from what used to feel like a perfect, easy, uncomplicated relationship to now a very real relationship where it is transparent and honest in a way that it's never been before because there were clearly some flags happening for you maybe internally unless you were just like you know inebriated and not even knowing what you were doing there were probably little signs that you might not have even known to check in with yeah about like I'm vulnerable. It's sort of like sometimes I think about it as like the way we present ourselves in the world, either our neon sign that flashes like open for business. It's either flashing (laughs) on or off. And sometimes we're not even aware of it. Like, but so it's sort of the kind of thing, like when you show up in a new conversation with a new person, do you show up as someone who is madly in love with your partner? And if so, that usually comes up in conversation right away. There's an energy you put out or is the neon sign kind of like, Hmm, you're cute. What's your story? Back door is open. Yes, back Doug. Door. Yes, Doug. I don't even Side want to go door. to the back door. Uh, I, Barn door. door. Let's back. Oh, boy. Um, this is what I want to say about that. So I think there's also something in the middle. Like, I think some people do find themselves making an impulsive decision that they never, ever would have thought they would have done. And so I think it's really, it's really okay to also, like, you won't necessarily have your back door open. <laughs> I, I can't say that as a straight face. I see, Patch, you uh, are enjoying that humor already. Um, but I also think that the other piece of it is I do think, you know, people who are committed can be committed. I think it's always an option, for God's sakes. You know, I want to say something that I realized I did not address right away. And I, I, I want to say that a miscarriage can be a very painful thing as well. I don't know if you felt like you were in the place where you were ready to be a dad, where this person that got pregnant was ready to be a mom. But a miscarriage is hard. It's hard physically. Mm -hmm. It's hard emotionally. It's hard on all kind of existential levels. Um, And so I'm not sure how you're feeling about that. You didn't really talk about it much. But I kind of want to say, you know, did you grieve that loss as well? Because when you think you're going to be a dad and you think you're going to be having a kid, all three of us in this room have kids in our lives. The reality is I think there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle where really just making sure that you've processed that as well. And also kind of maybe have gotten clear, going back to your comment, Talia, like we learn from these things, right? Like we hopefully become better in our relationships and our self-awareness. But I think there's a part that, you know, maybe this has provoked you to really think like, do I want that in my life? So there's another piece of that. And I am sorry for your loss, both for you and the the mother of that child. So mm-hmm. 
I want to it's heartbreaking. That, but it is. But really. even just the way that you brought it forward just feels like you know yourself really well. You were horrified by how this happened. And it really could be an opportunity. Like these things can be a beginning and not an ending if done with love and authenticity. Let me ask you a question. I'm curious because, it, you know, it, this person, wants, Dan, wants to go back and talk to his ex-girlfriend. Is there ever a point where you know, maybe that wouldn't be the healthiest thing for her. Is he going to get more out of that exchange than she is? And then if that's the case, is do you ever have a situation where you maybe don't share? Because you that might that might work really well for the person sharing, but the person on the receiving end who might have already moved on, you know? I, know. I mean, it's such, it's such a good point and such a good question. And I think that partially I'm blinded by being such a romantic that I feel like, <laughs> He has to tell her like what an opportunity missed if he's like, oh, I'm assuming she doesn't want anything to do with me because of whatever. But then I would also really hope that whoever she is, she can have like she can sink down into her truth and know that she has 100% decision making ability if that's not in alignment with what's right for her. Um, but I feel like he has to tell her he must, I, you know, as <laughs> Patch, you will learn about me in these episodes. Um, I think honesty is always the best policy. I think communication is really, really critical. I think carrying a secret that could later come out in some way, shape or form could be even more harmful to, to the situation. And I truly think it's how this person discloses this back to the first girlfriend. I think if he owns that I have something difficult to tell you, but I feel like it's the only way to move forward is to be entirely transparent and to be honest with you because, you know, he left that relationship. She has to be like, I don't know how he left it. I don't know what he told her was going mm -hmm. on, but this gives that, that I guess answer to her because I don't know if he didn't say something that she would have this doubt. Like, well, you left me once. Why wouldn't you leave me again? And if he says I left you because I had a baby on the way, that will explain something for her that gives her a little bit more credibility about what that transition was about. So 100%. I love the question. It's nice to be sensitive to the receiver. It's true. But I don't even think there's an option here. Yep. That's a really good point because you can't go wrong with honesty. Ever, ever, ever. And also for him, like in order to like not, like if you're carrying a big secret, you know, I've worked with couples where there's a big, big secret from the past and it e eventually erodes eats up it does whatever destructiveness it does to not only the person but the relationship to carry that secrecy it's just not healthy so i say get it all out be sensitive to the fact you know you said something too patch the reality is i don't know or maybe talia you said it he's not sure that you know she's not you know she might be still mad she might be done she might have moved on but there's one way to find out Yep, exactly. That's and great. it might actually help her move on just to have the facts you know maybe remove some of that mystery I got to tell you, that's a really oh. good point. The reality about this is I think when people get broken up with or ghosted and they don't know what the hell happened, that's oh not God. nice. Like, it's a doozy people. on self-esteem. I mean, people it's a cracker just naturally, jack. it's a crackerjack of a situation <laughs> because people automatically assume that it's about them of unless course. they are tending a little narcissistic and then they assume that it's about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's And that's really not the case. Point. Mm -hmm. That's not the case with Dan. No, He's like doing Dan, a really nice job. You're a good human. Dan's doing all the right things.
We were doing all, except for a few things that were the wrongest things, but we're human and we just grow and we learn. Well, and we all make mistakes, period. Like we all do things that later in in life, we might be like, God, I wish I'd handled that differently or I wish Mm -hmm. I'd have not gotten someone pregnant. Um, I, but you know. that's also how we grow. Like if we literally navigate our entire lives without any mistakes, we're not growing. And we also then have zero empathy towards humans because we are not human in that case. Exactly. <laughs> we wish you well. And Dan, yes. I think it's such a great plan. I, I'm glad you're listening to yourself. I just want to do, I do want to put maybe a little bit of cautionary piece to this that I want you to be sure that that's what you want. So try to be very thoughtful that you, before you approach her, are clear that you want that relationship to work because it's very easy to rebound and go back to something without being thoughtful. So make sure you don't. Or maybe like if he feels super guilty, but it sounds like they're in love. And the other little cautionary tale might be like, don't go in assuming that she's going to want to pick up where you left off and really allow her the grace and the space to think about it. I mean, it was a pretty big deal. Grace, space, you know, she's got to grieve as well. She's got to be like, give me some time to think. I I don't know many people that I would encourage. Just jump right back in and trust that person. Allow her some time to figure herself out and how she feels. So be gentle. Like you said, Grace, give her some time. Give her some space for that Grace. (laughs) (laughs) And eat eat some Cracker Jacks if you can still find them anywhere (laughs) to get yourself through that time. There's a prize in every box, by the way. So Dan, I, I'm not go saying, run after that love. I'm not saying we have a theme here. However, oh, okay. I, I would like to jump to a piece of mail that um, is sort of in that um, sort of in that theme, uh, sort of in the huh. realm of cheating. Except, it, and I've seen this before when someone gets mad at their spouse for cheating in a dream. Have you heard? Of this? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. actually hear about it quite often, but it it's not usually something that makes like couples therapy more than, you know, occasionally. That's But what it I- oftentimes will be, of course, not to get too far into that comment, but you know, it can be something that actually is based on some intuition that you're able to work out in your dream. Anyway, I interrupted you, Dan. Please Ooh. please proceed. <laughs> Absolutely. So so I have, um, we'll call her Heather today. Okay. Heather, um, she was in bed. Heather is 40 years old. She's married to Carl, who's 46. Mm-hmm. She woke up in bed and um, her husband was staring at her and did not have the best look on her face. Little backstory, oh, the best look on his face. Little backstory here. They do have two children from uh, Carl's first marriage. Mm. So, Heather, who is the new the new wife and stepmom now, um, is really excited. She loves her life. She loves the kids. But um, Carl seems to have some issues with cheating and suspects Heather of cheating for no other reason than he, he has dreamt it. Now, let me I'll share with you Heather the way Heather um, actually says this, which I think was um, was sort of a, a little clue here. Um, he stated he had a dream last week where I was drunk at a bar and it seemed like a man was taking advantage of me. He stated that he spoke to the man in his dream and said that I looked really drunk. The man responded saying that, that she was his now. Heather is now this, this man in the dreams and says to Carl, 
if that's what she wants. So then Carl wakes up and he has decided that this is an is a legitimate affair that has happened and tells Heather that he is never wrong in his dreams, which she then references later in her letter, which uh, I, I don't know, could set up some problematic discussions, I, I'm guessing. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, is that it? So babe, how do you even say, first of all, you can't even say I'm ah. never wrong in when I'm awake. How does this guy say I'm never wrong in my dreams? So everything that he dreams comes to fruition. Yes. And she even says again, again, this is her word. Again, his dreams and intuition are never wrong. From right. him, right? He said From that. him. From and him. Dan, did you say that he has a history of cheating? Wait, well, who's Dan? Who's who's this Dan character? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dan? Don't you mean Charlemagne? <laughs> God damn it. Don't, um, mean, don't you mean Virginia? Like, who? Okay. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Doug is talking to me. Oh God! Oh God! That's even funnier. Oh my. No, I was calling you Heather. That's what I heard. <laughs> okay. Uh, ba- oh my God. Okay. I'm so entrenched in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Has Carl cheated before? No. Okay. How, how do we know that? I don't buy it. That, I, there's a lot Trevor, of Trevor. I'm suspicious. <laughs> You're getting I don't back buy to Trevor's this. real name. You don't Trevor call slash Dan me? slash oh, Pat. We God. just, we're going to call you all. There's a lot of names going around today. Okay. Because oftentimes, first of all, I feel like this guy's a little bit delusional. Like, how do you even say stuff like that? First of all, I don't even like anyone saying I'm always right. That is like not an acceptable way to be in a relationship. And I'm always right in my dreams. Well, then maybe he should dream of getting himself some therapy because like this is like a little nightmare how well, do you argue my, with that and my concern here is for heather i know? know i kind of want her to run for the hills i mean no i mean what, what do you do with this but it doesn't sound okay so like okay my husband and i have had these dreams but they're funny even if we still hold a grudge it's a funny grudge it's light. It isn't like a real, like, you did this. It's sort of like, oh, my God, I'm still mad at you. You have to cook me dinner because of what you did to me last night in my dream. But there's no lightness or levity about this. It's just, how does she even recover from this? She I can't think that's a really nice way to get anything. a free dinner. Like, I can't believe you yeah. did that last night in my dream. In my dream. You owe me a lot. You know, I'm gonna I haven't use used that, that card really in a while. So I just want to say, too, like, I that's why I asked if Carl um, had cheated before, mm-hmm. because, you know, the reality is that I think sometimes that projection happens. Like, if you've done something or you're apt to do something, you look at that other person as if they're going to do it, right? Like, you project that onto that person um, or, you know, what whatever it is. It could be any number of things. I'm also going back to the original comment. He shouldn't be staring at you in a mad way because he dreamt that you cheated when you're sitting in bed with him, right? Like, Heather, you're right there in the same bed. There's no other person, assumably. There's no other person in the bed at the moment. Um, So I don't know. I mean, this is what I think. So I don't think she should run for the hills. I think she should be like, Carl, I need you to figure out where these dreams are coming from. Yes, maybe therapy is a good option for him. 
I need to, you need to tell me where those dreams are coming from and kind of distinguish reality from fantasy here. Like, I want to know, like if Carl were my therapy client, I would be like, Carl, tell me a little bit about your family of origin, your fears of getting betrayed, your fears of having someone cheat on you. Like there's some origin to what this is. Cause I just want to go to dream interpretation for a second. And my, uh, my opinion about dreams is very much so that we work out things in our nighttime sleep mm -hmm. that we can't otherwise do during the day because of time or availability, or obviously we can't fly as human beings yet. Um, yet. Uh, so, yet. That was the best yet. dream I've ever had. Oh, the flying one. I still think about that one. Mm, that I'd like to real, hear more about that. But, so there's a, <laughs> There's a part of this where I think the whole dream thing, like Carl has to figure out what's going for on for him. But of course, Heather, don't take any of that on. Don't take any no. of that like uh, distortion about anything on. And I'm so curious about like you said, he had two kids that might assume that he mm -hmm. was in a previous relationship or marriage. So, you know, what happened in that marriage? Did she cheat on him? Is this just a recurrence of the same thing? And so like that there kind might of be old trauma. That's I think there up. is. I think there's, I think mm -hmm. there's some kind of like maybe worry that she's going to do the same thing. His first partner did. I don't know, mm -hmm. but he's got to well, figure that really... out. Heather. That's not your, that's not your stuff to take on. That's that mucky ball that you need to hand back gently to Carl. Hand it back. Hand it what back. I really like, like Doug about what you're seeing is that you're giving Carl a chance in our therapy to be learning a little bit more about himself. I am. Whereas I was very like struck by, well, I'm never wrong in my dreams, therefore conversation over, which I think was really kind of rubbing me the wrong way because without openness or willingness, there can be no communication, no change. And so, yeah, that was, I don't love that, but yeah, maybe Carl is open to finding out all of the ways in which he might not be you know, right all the time. Right, right. And going back to that, that's kind of crazy making, right? Like my dreams are right all the time. No, they're not. Like right. if Carl really takes a look, like if he jot, jotted down his dreams every night for a week, there's no way every, or a month, there's no way that every one of those things comes true. Like, did you win, you win, win the lottery? Did you fly? Did you whatever? I mean, we have weird dreams. We sometimes have dreams with people in them that are not alive. Is that possible? I don't know. Maybe they do. Yes, it way. is that because that's how people actually, I've learned this from my beloved psychic that you guys have all met, Kaya Jelani. What a lovely, lovely person. But this is what I wonder if it's possible. Maybe in his previous relationship, he had a dream about some sketchy dealings. It was spot on. And now he's convinced because that was like the beginning of the end of his marriage or something. And now he's convinced that that intuition, which I mean, intuition is a huge part of the way that we move around in our world and in our relationships. And I feel like Doug and I are always trying to encourage people to trust your gut and use your intuition. But there's a time and a place because if we're being triggered by an old trauma, whether or not we're aware of it, sometimes our intuition is a little bit like, sharp or flat or it's like anxiety and yep. not intuition and yep. so it is really helpful to go in with a beginner's mind of just wondering what it could be rather than oh, i'm never wrong my dreams are always exactly correct i also i also feel like you know the whole idea of this dream stuff and feeling like he's always right that feels mildly manipulative or maybe moderately manipulative as well. Like mm -hmm. I'm always right. So you must be doing it. It feels a way to coerce her into like 
acknowledging that, yeah, I must be thinking about cheating. Like, I don't know what. That's what I was feeling too. I I didn't like that vibe. It didn't feel Mm -hmm. good. Like Carl, take a breather, (laughs) ask her if there's any reality to it. That's okay. But glaring at her in the middle of the night, like, what is that? And just, just for an added little tidbit here, I reading further, they've only been married for a year. Oh, the second and marriage. I do. This is the thing is like, I do feel like the way we do something is the way we do everything. And so I just was so struck by I'm always right. Like there's no, there's nothing to work with around that. I wasn't sensing any like curiosity or openness or just like, oh my God, I'm having this really weird situation. Listen to this. So it already kind of feels like somebody that you can't convince might not be right all the time, which is a really challenging relationship. Patch, I appreciate you bringing up the idea that this (laughs) is only a year long because, you know, in this, he's probably feeling like, and he's got two kids So the more ingrained or, you know, entwined or committed to this marriage he is, there's more at stake. Like his girls or his children, I don't know if they're girls or boys, um, his children are going to become increasingly attached. And so I got to tell you, you know, the whole thing feels like fear. The whole thing feels like anxiety and fear and, you know, just probably a big sense of vulnerability and worry that something won't work well. But we can't live our lives that way. We can't live our lives in fear. You make the best choices you can. And I'll tell you, Carl, Heather wrote into us. Because she is somebody who wants this to like be addressed. She doesn't know what to do with it. So Heather, on your end, it's as simple as just saying, so you can't accuse me of stuff that doesn't exist. That doesn't work well, because what if I did that to you? Like it wouldn't work well. And sometimes that strategy works. Sometimes it feels like it doesn't work. But I would say to Carl, so Carl, I had a dream that you uh, ate five watermelon. I can't believe you did that, right? Like how silly is that? Like, although I love watermelon, so I probably could eat five on a good day. I, I, I think that that projection is just really dangerous. And I think, you know, but Carl just might be really very fearful. And again, how his previous relationship ended, how he is, how his children are exploring this relationship and adjusting to this year Mm -hmm. together, which I got to tell you, the other thing that I wonder about is that, you know, if they're all living under the same roof, that does feel pretty quick. Like that's a pretty quick Mm -hmm. transition Mm -hmm. into living together and being a part of things together. So there might just be this vulnerability that underlies that fear. And Carl, it's well worth your time to think about where that's coming from. Do not tell her again that your dreams are 100% valid. I am absolutely 100% always right because that is just an unhuman expectation Mm. or reality. And I will say that there's a piece of this that if, if we are looking at a potential like a narcissistic, you know, if Carl is narcissistic and if heather is vulnerable and they are co-creating a relationship they're co-creating a story so this is how gaslighting starts happening this is how emotionally abusive relationships start happening is one person will start to say i'm right you're wrong i'm up here you're down here you can't tell me because i'm amazing and whatever you're saying, you just don't understand what you're talking about, right? The worst thing that could happen, Heather, is if you start to believe these lies and if you start to agree to the narrative that you guys are co-creating, that he is smarter, more intuitive, always right, and you have to constantly be 
walking on eggshells shells and tiptoeing around in hopes that you're doing all the right things because he's clearly incredibly reactive. Um, I don't love the way he's handling any of this and maybe we're completely wrong and he's an absolute love of a person, but this is like this one blind spot. Um, I would love for you to try to have this conversation with him, but if you find that there is zero openness to looking at how he might not be perfect or if there's zero willingness to listen to you if he doesn't respect you if he doesn't think you're an equal i want you to really pay attention to that because you deserve more you deserve better you do not have to live like this this is not the only option i might say one more comment too i feel like you know sometimes people have this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy and I think the more you accuse somebody of doing something, sometimes the more likely it is to happen. Oh, God, that's because so you're, real. You're pushing that person away. Like the more you suggest, mm -hmm. the more Carl suggests, Heather, that you're cheating. I'm not suggesting it's going to like naturally lead for you to cheat. But how exhausting is it for someone to continuously accuse you of something that you're not doing? So I think eventually relationships where that dynamic and insecurity on his part is happening I think people have a really hard time staying with it. I think people have a hard time not feeling pushed away. It is a self-destructive pattern. And again, self-fulfilling on his part. Like, I'm just going to tell her she's cheating until she cheats because she's so miserable in this relationship with me. Patch, were you going to say something? Well, I just think it just made me think of how damaging that could be to, mm -hmm. to Heather, too, especially yeah. like... Yep. Heather's in her letter, it seems like she's very loyal and she's excited mm. to be part of this family. Yeah. You know, yep. so it just, if, if that, if, if Heather is someone who values fidelity and the family unit, that's right. To be on the receiving end of something, even I mean, in this case, something that never even happened, that would really, it seems like that would really eat at you. I think so too. I think that's exactly right which is very similar to what I was saying. Like, I just think it's really destructive to everybody involved to have this toxic dysfunctional pattern going on. So, but you know, maybe... I, I think, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. No, I was just going to say, you know, I think my, my kind of concluding thoughts are like, of course you need to let him know that it's bothering you and hurting you. And you wrote into the folks that we're not fine to get this feedback on this relationship and they've suggested this is your issue. You have to figure it out. Otherwise, you're pushing me away. You're creating a wedge in our relationship. And you're staring at me weirdly in the night, which is affecting her sleep. And I'll tell you, I think she's going to start to not sleep as well because she's going to be like, is he looking at me? Very creepy. Um, I feel like I've yeah. seen that movie and it didn't end well. <laughs> I think, yeah. Or is that real for you? Is it a dream, a movie, or is it real? I don't know. I'm questioning sure. everything. <laughs> but I, I'm hoping that, you know, I didn't realize that it was such a new relationship. And I am yeah. just like crossing my fingers and toes that maybe these are growing pains. Maybe these are just like the first little wrinkles, your first year. But the danger here is if you are not able to stand up to him and say, sweetheart, I love you, but this is really kind of crazy. Like, you can't just say, I'm always right in my dreams, therefore, mm -hmm. end of discussion, you have done these horrible things. <laughs> You're a right? cheater. I mean, like, I don't even understand how that can happen and, and ha to have someone feel so sure of themselves. Yeah. That's the part that I'm, I'm wondering if maybe, Heather, if you could even start to 
mix up the dynamic a little bit in case you have been really maybe like acquiescing or trying to be the perfect shape puzzle piece for his personality that maybe now is the perfect time in your relationship to be like, sweetheart, I'm sorry, but I just can't buy into this. I will let you know if there's ever a situation that you need to be concerned, but I cannot have you punishing me or feeling betrayed by something that never happened. A hundred percent. Thank you, Heather, for writing in. Good luck with this conversation. Yes. Oh my I gosh. Hope. I love the mailbags. I love the letters. Please don't stop. They're great. I want to once again, welcome you patch to the, we're not fine podcast. Yes. And our team here. Thank you so, we're so much. Grateful I'm to so have excited. You. I do have some glasses envy. And I think that, yeah, I, I'm really into the glasses. I kind of, this is what I do. This is part of my identity is my glasses as an accessory. And now I feel a little competitive. We may Let's have bonded a little, but we could always swap glasses too. That's an option. <gasps> right? You guys just could just poke we'll out your lenses so I can wear those as well. That would be helpful. Well, now he's I think I have some of those at home. I, I am because I had LASIK in only one eye. I have Univision. Oh. Monovision, whatever it's called. Univision. I think that's, I only have um, one of my eyes done. I can see you now and I can't see you now. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. We we digress. We love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank we'll you. See you next Tuesday. Much.